Welcome back, everyone, to the FPL Scripts. This is Game Week 38, Podcast Season 1, Episode 8. This is your co-host, Fran, alongside JD. And we're quickly going to review Game Week 37 and talk about what happened that week before we actually move towards Game Week 38, where we have a slightly different setup, but JD will explain a little bit later on. As far as Game Week 37, I think, of course, probably the the largest storylines were around Leak's post-deadline, mostly Rashford, of course, who actually ended up playing a lot more minutes of football than we probably would have expected, just given the goings-on with Anthony's injury in that second game that United played. Chelsea actually had fantastic amounts of chances, but they were also woeful on defense, and that actually allowed for a lot of great United holes that came about, and a really good even spread of points between all the United assets. So I think whatever variation you had of United, it was it was probably going to be good overall for your week. I was personally a little bit sad just because I I did go into Bruno, but that meant that Foden was my make weight, and uh, he actually did haul uh, for once and um, managed to bag you know three bonus points whilst also injuring his right Achilles, but I think he's actually back in training today. So so that was some nice news um, to see. But overall, I think I was very, very lucky with my week as well because I actually own Trippier, and that's because I'm, I'm in a unique situation where I own Steel in my team. So I didn't really have that benching conundrum of that third defender for Trippier versus Trent, which looking back, it seems like a lot of people, of course, sided with Trent, and I don't think it would have been wrong to do so, particularly given that there was a doubt over Trippier and his injury issues. Ultimately, Newcastle only really needed a point. They still played Trippier, and he managed to get a whole set of points from a single game week, and we saw Trippier get nine points, whereas Trent actually got one. So that was quite a brutal twist. But actually, a lot of people still ended up getting Trippier anyways because of the benching situations with with City, with Diaz and Grealish owners likely getting him, or Isak, of course. So once again, that was probably another huge 50-50, whether you actually got the nine points or the one. Uh, but that was really the case of this game week up until, you know, the Brighton City game. And I'll probably leave that to, to you, JD. Yeah, it was um, that bench jam again. I think it was similar to last week. And when it when you are benefiting from it, it feels nice. But of course, when you don't benefit from it, I have to look at Trippier and Botman points on my bench. And it's it's quite a sad thing. And especially given that Dunk absolutely dunked on my team and didn't even start the game against City so yeah it, it it could have gone much better than it did and Mitoma as well who teased a whole lot of points but actually managed to deliver just one assist in two games it's getting to a point where you know people wait for seasons like for example with Son to for his finishing to revert to the mean but looks like Mitoma is hell-bent on doing that in just this season like whatever overperformance he had in the first half of the season he's hell-bent on getting that back to the mean so that's mighty good of him to uh, give another w2 analytics i guess uh, and other than that you know for me the highlight obviously was bruno captain and also holland being benched in the first game which you know goes hand in hand because holland obviously had less of a chance to make a mark and bruno actually outscored holland not only in fpl points but also in xg and xa as well so that was a huge boost to my XG rank as well, which unfortunately has not been reflected right now in, in the update, but hopefully it will by tomorrow. Other than that, you know, before we move, we move on to the next section, we've kind of structured this pod a little bit differently because it's the final game week and, you know, we are mostly reacting to whichever team leaks we get. We are only concerned about teams whose players we want to bring in. So we've kind of structured the pod around that to focus on teams whose players are interesting from an FPL perspective and after that we can go through a few sets of moves that we think are kind of generalizable but also somewhat specific 
so that you have some idea of what moves you can make and then according to what team use you get you can react accordingly in an efficient manner because the worst thing for you would be to get team news 5 minutes before the deadline and then you having to panic and look all over the place to see what changes or what moves you're going to make so rather have some contingencies in place and then depending on what team news you get you can enact those contingencies so i think we'll we'll start off with you know arsenal because uh, that's the first game mentioned in the fixtures so uh, what what are we thinking with arsenal uh, especially with the attackers do we think that saka and jesus are going to get benched for reese nelson and nketiah respectively i think we'll probably see jesus start and probably saka as well uh, it could be reese's final game for arsenal but he probably could just come on as a substitute which is, is likely what that probably just says is if you are looking at players like Sak and Jesus, who actually probably will rate really highly on, on EV this week and probably are the go-to targets, if you were if you were with the budget available, is that their mins might be a little bit lower than usual, just because it is a bit of a dead rubber game and both Arsenal and Wolves don't have something to play for. Obviously, Arsenal probably would want to deliver one good final home game for their fans, but yeah, that could just be slightly lower minutes than usual for these key Arsenal players and Tierney, I suppose, is 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 a good blend of both because he he does seem like a potential outgoing player for Arsenal, but also someone who could start the game and actually get good minutes whilst they have a good defensive situation because Arsenal are one of the top four teams in terms of kind of clean sheet odds this week. Yeah, and I think if you are looking to get Arsenal assets, you have to weigh up what you think is the probability of these players either getting subbed or starting. So, for example, you might have believe that Saka starts, but if you think that him and Reese Nelson are going to share minutes on the right wing, then you might as well not get either of them and look to other teams and midfielders from those teams who you think will have better X-Mins for Game Week 38. Again, this is all depending on you know team news and everything. And also with Tierney, I've heard the narrative a lot that it's his final home game, he's probably moving to Newcastle. They're going to have a different problem where they can't call Trippier Kearney anymore because it's going to be, you know, a whole lot of confusion there. But, you know, other than that, it's uh, does he start or does he only require a few minutes of the bench to see out his uh, time at Arsenal? So that's also a question that comes up. If you know that he doesn't start, then of course that's an easy swerve. But for me, even if Tierney starts, I would still go Gabriel because his EV is higher regardless. And you, you can build a narrative for game week 30 which is a lot of fun i agree but other than that yeah I, I've, we've spoken about all the other assets and we can move on to the second team that we we're talking about which is aston villa and of course they have to secure that uh, europa conference league spot so they will be looking to play brighton to win watkins obviously we expect him to start and he hopefully is still on penalties even though his last penalty was pretty bad i think even even for you know even from like a point eight xg perspective oh that that was uh, horrible so do you think there are any other assets within villa that we should be considering honestly no because this isn't really a week where i'd like to target the villa defense and ultimately the issue with the midfielders as has been the case all the season is that they're rotatable so you can see someone like buendia start and you can even see bailey start and and you can see them sub for each other and ultimately the only people who are nailed in that team just don't have enough ev you know players like mcginn or even douglas louise you're not going to see enough from them and so it's not really worth i would say punting on villa unless you're going to go for watkins this week the next team obviously is brighton because i think all of us at this point own three brighton assets 
given what has happened until this point where McAllister has been rotated out of games could be for a different reason you know he could very well be leaving and in order to make sure that his replacements are comfortable with the role they could have like given McAllister more breaks than other players because Mitoma has been playing every single game except for one game I think where he was benched so do you think this game because Brighton have already secured that Europa League spot is more of a risk when it comes to someone like Mitoma or even Estupinian who's been an absolute engine this season Definitely. Just because this is a completely meaningless game for Brighton, really. I would probably see it as a situation where I would pick maybe one between McAllister and Matoma because a lot of us have the sort of d- double Brighton mid-structure and, and, and see them as a transfer out this week by default. And with the defense, I probably wouldn't touch Brighton at all. I think more than likely the defensive options outside of Dunk, you know, depending on his injury situation, are, are probably going to be options to keep this week I wouldn't really transfer them in either so Brighton is a situation where you're just looking at who you're planning to go out go out of and I think the question is between McAllister and Matoma I would probably actually keep Matoma for now because yeah we are seeing way too much rotation with McAllister and not only that but he's not even really getting rotated in that 10 spot so high chances for example you can see maybe let's say NCSO um, if he can come back with, with his injury it didn't actually seem that bad but with McAllister, he actually just ended up coming on, even though Nciso was pulled out, and, and he actually just played in the sixth position. So I'm actually more along the lines of McAllister out than, than Matoma out for me. And also, unlike other game weeks, I feel like we have to also consider players getting subbed off. Because normally what we do is yeah. we look at probabilities of players starting and normally how many minutes do they play. But in this game week, because there are five subs and four windows including the halftime window we could see a lot of players actually getting subbed off even if they do start so just having the starting lineups might not be enough information for you because you can speculate about a particular player that they might get subbed off at halftime let's say and if you are that confident about a player then you don't need to bring them in if that is the case or you may look at transferring them out if you have the luxury of doing so because I suspect most of us won't be in that boat because we have too many defenders who won't play this week I think and we'll get to that later Uh, but obviously next team is Man City because the two most important games for them are coming up we saw a fairly mid-strength team against Brighton so do we expect a lot of rotation for me I think Ederson starts just to get some match rhythm even though the game against Real Madrid was not that long ago uh, I expect him to start and then Ortega to play the FA Cup final because he has been their cup keeper and then Ederson again to play the Champions League final. So do you do you foresee any other changes like radical change? Obviously, we are again depending on team news. Yeah, I think obviously because Arsenal lost to Nottingham Forest, we almost saw City rotation in, in reverse. Yeah. And so I feel like the the whole FA Cup final dress rehearsal narrative might be thrown a little bit out, or we could just see something similar where we see the first string starting 11 with basically five subs coming on. So your Cole Palmers and everyone else, Sergio Gomez coming in at 60 minutes. The only player that I'm really interested in in this week is is probably someone like Amaras and Foden once again, because if those sorts of players are, are fit, then I think they actually should play a lot of minutes in that game. Grealish, I don't really know what to think about him because he's had 
two back-to-back benchings now wasn't even in the squad so that's the situation where you probably have to decide what you want to do with Grealish hopefully you get a leak to determine that but if he is actually going to start then that also throws into question whether Foden will even play so I don't think I'd be transferring any city assets because with the defenders I think it's going to be one of those situations where whoever you actually pick will probably be likely to be subbed off unless they're actually Rico Lewis because I think Rico Lewis won't be playing in the FA Cup final so City is not a team I would touch and even even for example Grealish let's say if you really got the news that he started I wouldn't even be confident about him playing enough minutes to be worthwhile so City is actually a team I'd probably avoid transfer wise this week so we can move on to Newcastle United and I think the biggest question is because they've secured top four um, would they rotate heavily just to give other fringe players a chance to play and uh, kind of maintain that team spirit, I guess. Uh, Eddie Howe has been notorious when it comes to uh, telling us stuff about his team, but now it's actually going to be even worse because there's no reason for him to play his best players, right? So what do you feel about, for example, someone like Trippier? Yeah, I think like, once again, Newcastle, not a team that I would target, but for sure, I, I wouldn't transfer out these players either because they actually have quite a thin squad when it comes to the injuries that they've had really close to the end of the season. I think even Joe Linton, for example, was stopped from actually starting in, in the Leicester game. Trippier actually played the full 90 minutes versus Leicester, so it actually suggests that maybe he could play again. You also don't have a like-for-like replacement really for Trippier in that team. As far as you know, defensive options, we've seen target. He could maybe come in for burn, someone like that. Um, but Botman seems pretty nailed, I would say, from this Newcastle team. And then Wilson also got an early rest versus Leicester. So because Willock is also injured, and I don't think he'll come back to the team, I guess your your rotation right now is something like Anthony Gordon, Elliot Anderson, these sorts of players who are on the peripheries who could actually start this next game. But I actually would probably just keep my Newcastle players. And I'd probably also start them too, given that we have so many issues with, with our defensive players. And even Brighton, for example, where we just talked about how their minutes could be super low. And ultimately, I think probably that Chelsea game is a lot easier than, than the Brighton game. Coming on to Crystal Palace, I think they are the they have the best fixture this week. Nottingham Forest, again, Nottingham Forest is safe. Should be a fairly routine game for Crystal Palace if they play like they have been playing for the past few weeks. What do you think are the best punts from Crystal Palace? Yeah, I think just, just before you even touch on that, I think the nice thing about Crystal Palace is that they have been safe for a while now, but they've actually continuously been playing well and they actually have not really rotated yes. much. So for me, Crystal Palace is absolutely one of the teams to target because we've talked about Newcastle and Brighton. These are teams that definitely could rotate. Uh, whereas with Crystal Palace, I feel like because they are, aren't involved in multiple competitions and a lot of the players seem happy to play, they don't actually have crazy depth. You're probably just looking at, as Ian Elise these two players to target in the midfield and even their defense, once again, really wonderful picks to go for, as we have seen, of course, a slight disparity between Nottingham Forest home and away, uh, both defense and attack. So good fixture and actually the best fixture, I think, based on some of the sort of graphics that Sertov actually put out on Twitter, if you saw earlier in terms of fixture difficulties. So Eze, I think, is a prime option in the midfield, but there is a money consideration here because Elise is, is a lot cheaper so when we talk about who's going out for Eze this week it's probably a Brighton mid and in that situation you'd have to see if you have money in the bank if you don't you might have to move to Elise who is much less of a goal threat than Eze and also just doesn't have penalties as far as the defenders I'm not really sure who to pick between Guehi and Mitchell I don't know how you feel about that yeah I think it's those very 
less to separate these players because uh, even Mitchell doesn't have that much of an attacking threat so it's just a case of who do you think is going to last for more than 60 minutes and it's also maybe you have some anecdotal history with one of these players where maybe they got red carded or something because i definitely remember both of them have got got red carded in in uh, this season so you can probably make that call based on something like that you know maybe you have some proclivity towards uh, either of those players but as you said best fixture on paper you know defense pretty good attack is and only say yeah uh, and moving on of course we have everton they have the best narrative going forwards and the second best fixture difficulty as well so they're the team where arguably there's punts all across the board but i think with dcl there seems to be once again another injury issue so that sort of throws out the question of whether you go for an everton forward that probably means you're looking at everton either through the attack or the defense and with the midfield of course you are looking at mcneil it will be in ducore but really i, I think i would just go with mcneil in that situation he does share set pieces with Iwobi, but maybe I have some bias to watching him absolutely destroy Steele uh, in the Brighton game. But I, I think I would be going McNeil in that situation. Review probably w- wouldn't actually give you an answer because uh, running their minutes exactly the same. The EV is practically also the same. So I think you have to just make a judgment call there when you're looking at, let's say, an Everton midfielder, knowing that they're probably slightly worse than the Crystal Palace midfields as well. But there's a budget consideration where... And, and we'll talk about that too uh, later on. But, but you could really be thinking between Olise and an Everton mid at some point in the week because Eze has actually risen in price. So maybe he's inaccessible to some teams that have really restricted budgets. As far as the defenders, I think it's just a toss-up between Mina and Tarkovsky, just given the starts as of late. But Pickford, of course, is, is a superb shout if for whatever reason you are now with a keeper conundrum, right? Because of course, a, a lot of us do own Ederson who could be rested and rotated. And even someone like Kepa, if you think, for example, Mendy's going to start that last game of the season based on the leak, then yeah, you'll have to make a keeper move as well. Yeah, and also Pope has definitely been ruled out because of a surgery he's had on his wrist. So that combination could also come into the picture where someone owns Ederson slash Pope and then you are forced into a transfer if you know that Ederson is benched. Personally, I think Ederson is going to play this game just because it's like too many games for him to miss and then all of a sudden be thrown into a Champions League final. Because if he doesn't play in Game Week 38, he has to sit through another weekend. I think the FA Cup final is on June 3rd. And then he he will play directly in the UCL final, which Pep's kind of uh, focus on building match rhythm, it doesn't match up with that. So I think he plays, but again, Pep has done all sorts of weird things as usual. So that could be just a part of that, him being benched again for, let's say, Scott Carson, who we all know uh, <laughs> saved a penalty last season and was a hero for uh, many of us. Uh, we can move on to Leeds United, uh, one of those teams where really they have something to play for, even though they, it's not in their hands. It's it's quite a bleak situation when it comes to Leeds United. I struggle to think of anyone besides Rodrigo. And even with Rodrigo, I think it's just a case of if he's fit and if you really believe in the narrative that, you know, Leeds are going to go all out to, you know, win that game. Even though we've seen Leicester, when they had to go out and win the game, shut up shop for what 80 minutes and then get their first shot on target in what was the like the 92nd minute when Castagna almost scored against Pope so it's it's difficult to build narratives but if you build believe that they are going to go all out attack then I guess Rodrigo is quite a good punt because I assume he's going to be on penalties even if Bamford plays 
I don't think Bamford is going to take a penalty anytime soon just because he's been terrible at like the few last few penalties he's taken. I don't know what you feel about Leeds in general. No, I agree. I think we can actually switch on right on to Spurs because if you do yeah. believe in that narrative that Leeds will go all out attack, then Spurs is equally a great exactly. uh, place to sort of target that. I suppose with uh, Kane, who could be playing his final game for Spurs, even from EV. I mean, no narratives aside, Kane is probably the superior Spurs pick. And if you're particularly looking in a situation where, let's say, Haaland is going to get benched, then Kane is probably one of the easiest transfers someone with two free transfers would make this week. At the same time, maybe if you look at a reverse situation where, let's say, Salah gets benched and Haaland starts, then you could also do another power move there where you do pivot into someone like Kane in the final game. Um, Alternative, of course, a very simple transfer is something like just going to Sun, where Sun will definitely start that final game too. But the question, of course, is do you really buy into the narrative such as Leeds playing with a slightly higher line, etc., etc., Sun being able to sort of uh, pounce on that, even though in reality he's had one good game this season. And yeah, I mean, the alternative is that you go for someone like a, a Spurs defender, like a Poro or an Emerson Royale. And I think I, w- I would only really move into those players if I had a leak. But those are the two players who actually have probably higher goal scoring odds just based on some of the underlying stats, because we know Perisic is a bit more of a creative player and, and actually doesn't really try to take shots on target too often. And so, yeah, I mean, you could go for a Spurs defender in that situation. But once again, I, I probably wouldn't go there because their defense is so poor. So the baseline is really, really low for Spurs, given that their defense is poor. And actually Leeds, of all the relegation teams, are actually one of the ones who've actually built consistent underlying stats when it comes to expected goals. So, yeah, I think it, it's a Kane and Son situation. Kane is someone who I actually have faith in and, and Son less so, but it is Gaming 38 and narratives can be thrown in. Next team... I think we can definitely look at is Leicester. Again, one of the relegation-threatened teams and they need to win. They needed to win against Newcastle. Something happened and they barely put up any XG. So hopefully they put up more XG than they did last week. And I I, I struggled to buy into narratives. But in this case, I think because West Ham are actually in a, in a European final, I think West Ham will try to preserve some of their best players. And that could mean that Leicester have more of a chance than they normally do, even though them as a team have been pretty bad at stopping play, like teams from scoring. So I don't expect them to keep a clean sheet, even if West Ham play their B team. But with their attack, I think someone like Madison could really shine. What do you think? So when it comes to West Ham, actually, I think the the narrative is, is actually quite good because West Ham have been one of the, the few teams that you could really are, have argued that their lineups have suggested that, that they are on the beach because of their focus on, on Europe. Um, the lineup, for example, versus Brentford was somehow even worse than the one that they put out versus City. And they're genuinely, you know, consistently playing their B team and actually just resting some key players. So I really think that will happen again. Targeting a Madison or Castagna would make sense this week because I, I don't have too much hope, for example, even in the West Ham attack. So so Bowen, if he gets rested, is quite significant. And Antonio as well, someone who, of course, with his age and him needing rest he's probably going to also miss out in this last Premier League fixture so Castagna doesn't actually seem too bad of a punt and uh, as I said Madison is just a bit of a doubt because of what we saw lineup wise and and what sort of Dean Smith cooked up with Newcastle with Madison being (laughs) a halftime sub so that does sort of throw into question whether Madison would would play but I think he's got to play uh, in this situation especially when you're trying hopefully to attack, um, which we didn't see once again last game. But yeah, that's that's what I would say about Leicester. 
that makes complete sense and uh, it's also difficult to gauge their expense just because he's been playing around with the lineup so much so just again wait for team news if you do get them you can act accordingly but i think beyond castani and madison i struggle to think of any other options uh, we can move on to man united who just not uh, half an hour ago beat the shit out of chelsea <laughs> and uh, even on xg it was something like 5.04 xg to 1. Point something and it was an absolute carnage even though it's game set dependent second half was absolutely just a write off i think from a chelsea perspective because maybe they got disheartened that the first half didn't go their way and uh, that's why it became even worse because I, i think they tried to double down on trying to attack and it just it was uh, terrible in the second half but other than that you know because top 4 is now secured for united i it's very weird with united it's just one game where we could possibly rotate but then there's the fa cup final after that so i don't know how much rotation eth will indulge in because eth in his time in ix has not really ever done rotation so i don't know what the narrative will be and how it will pan out and i don't know if he's going to be asked specific questions related to that in the press conference but we can obviously hope for some team news to react to that but there could be a chance that garnacho plays and if that happens he is a very decent punt because every single week you see a huge lift in attacking momentum chances being created as soon as he steps onto the pitch even today he steps onto the pitch second or third minute of him being involved in play bruno fernandes nutmegs uh, fofana and wins a penalty and that was directly as a result of garnacho running at fofana and you know pushing the chelsea backline towards their own goal So I don't know if you th- can think of any other uh, punts, and of course we can also react to Shaw possibly being out uh, for the final game week. Yeah, I think Shaw being out is actually probably the most significant thing. That would probably yeah just mean that we have to force maybe potential hits even for defenders, um, given that we'll have an expect rotation with some of our attackers too. But I agree, just Garnacho is the only punt that I really think about with United, particularly if he started. There is, of course, the, I guess, Mitrovic narrative that I've seen parroted on Twitter because he got his red card, of course, at Old Trafford in the FA Cup. But that seems ridiculous to me, even though Mitrovic actually yeah, in isolation is. is a good pick almost always. But I don't think Mitrovic is, is the player that I'm going to be spending my gaming 38 transfer on at Old Trafford. That's the bare minimum, really, because United have been a fortress there. Um, not really a fortress, to be honest, in the first half versus Chelsea. You're right. It was pure game state because I think Chelsea probably had better chances on the first half. And I was actually quite shocked with how poor United were in terms of allowing people to slip in behind. And that was actually Frank Lampard's probably best half of football, even though he had nothing to show for it. And moving on to Liverpool, yeah. they found themselves in a situation where there's nothing to play for ultimately in this final game. You have some players of course like like Asala, like a Kane who will always want to improve their numbers, I, w- I would say, and hopefully you have some confidence that that would lead to Salah minutes, but everyone really in this Liverpool team is 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 a doubt and you have players like Firmino who are probably going to play their last game for Liverpool and you might want to punt on them instead because they're more than likely going to get a start given the scenario that has sort of been brought upon us. And now for me, no, I would say it's almost nailed to start. But there are some other players too, right? Like Milner and Oxlade-Chamberlain that could also take away from minutes from some key players like a Trent and Salah. I mean, w- what do you do there? I think it's simply you just have to play your Liverpool players because it is literally probably the second or third best fixture this week in terms of difficulty. You could punt into Firmino, but there's no one else I'd be really interested in looking at. I, I am also of the opinion that we might not get as much rotation as, as some people are fearing i because i'm a pessimistic i'm thinking that 
naturally the three best players are all of a sudden going to sit out that is gakpo sala and trent and they're going to be replaced by the three players getting their testimonial which is firmino uh, alex oxlade chamberlain and milner in their positions which is i suspect not going to happen because that is a big difference between uh, team strengths so maybe not that much but i certainly think that they might take away some minutes from the key assets as you said and if that is the case you have to weigh up how much do you think sala is going to miss out on in terms of minutes and does that sway your captaincy call like do you change captains based on that because as of last week i was going to go for sala captain but based on what has happened and the fact that liverpool cannot make top 4 now and also you know i have to appreciate sala's promptness because the moment the final whistle rang at old trafford sala immediately posted on twitter saying how he is devastated that liverpool didn't make top 4 i suspect that was a scheduled tweet and if uh, liverpool uh, if united had lost i that would have been deleted probably before it got sent out but uh, you have to appreciate salah's promptness and as you can see i'm very much happy that liverpool missed out on top 4 Fair enough. I completely understand. But as far as that's a move this week, I think this is a, a point of discussion for specific lines of play that we'll be looking at for this week, given the kind of team narratives that we just kind of went through and also some of the picks that we actually think are, are, are enjoyable and good. The general rule, I think, is if you are looking at hits this week, which could be very probable because of the amount of injury and rotation that we're expecting, and of course, I think leaks, which should confirm that, you should be only looking at players with four plus EV. And that might call into question whether you actually play with 10 men because a lot of defenders this week don't have a very good ev and you might be really picking between two teams like arsenal that you might not really have faith in or even a team like everton where generally you don't have faith in for for obvious reasons but this is a week where ultimately you you need to decide your transfers ahead of time in my opinion based on the narratives we discussed and, and what you generally think in in your mind is is the ev of certain players and, and just go for those gut plays as soon as you have information to pounce on on the deadline so the the first scenario is going to be if one of the brighton midfielders are benched which would be between matoma and McAllister or even a gross if you have that going towards Saka in a scenario where you'd be taking trippier out for a everton defender someone like tarkovsky is 4.1 million and if you have money in the bank then that move towards Saka should be more than viable. Saka being a standout midfielder pick this week as well should actually make that move quite beneficial, even if that was for a hit. Uh, that's quite a powerful play, but I imagine some people don't have money in the bank and therefore you'd probably have to uh, make some concessions. I don't think you can make such a powerful move in terms of pivoting, but you'd probably have to just go simply from Matoma slash McAllister to an Eze. And if you actually don't have any money at all because Olise is much cheaper you could go there as well and depending of course on, on, on how you evaluate some a team like Everton you could also look at a McNeil this week as well yeah and uh, the one thing that we've kind of considered is everyone owns Trippier at this point so the best way to free up some money for your midfield is to sell Trippier but let's say you have one free transfer then it would make sense just to go from uh, someone like Mitoma slash McAllister whoever is benched to Eze, if you have less money in the bank and if you have no money in the bank, you can just do, as you said, uh, someone like Olise or McNeil. I think those are the two standout options when it comes to uh, expected value. The next scenario we are talking about is uh, Holland benched. I think if you have one free transfer, you could definitely do Holland to Kane, but I think that is a move that 
probably is better if you have two free transfers because what that enables you to do is one free transfer is allocated to this one and then the other free transfer you can spend on putting out the fires in probably your defense or midfield whichever position you think you can a benefit more from and i think b you actually need to fill up those positions as in otherwise you will end up with 10 players because the worst thing would be for you to have midfielders in, on your bench who actually play but then because you don't have three playing defenders you end up with 10 players anyway so to avoid such a scenario you could look at someone uh, like we've talked about for example mina or tarkovsky or even someone like gabriel from arsenal because again they have a standout fixture when it comes to clean sheets yeah and i think that also falls on it quite nicely because between let's say saka and eze which we talked about previously with the brighton mids um, if you have, let's say, something like a Rashford bench, we we have a conundrum where you probably are looking at an Arsenal midfielder, but someone who's actually cheaper than Rashford. So either Odegaard or Trossard. I think Trossard actually has higher expected assists per 90, so he could probably be a pick to go for over an Odegaard now that you kind of have guarantees over Trossard's minutes as well. Odegaard probably is going to be more nailed because you you could still see Trossard playing less minutes with maybe, as I said, Reese Nelson coming in. He has played left wing at various times. I think a good case of that was when Arsenal were chasing the game versus Southampton as well. So that's one of the doubts with Trossard, but I kind of like Trossard because he is going to be a little bit of a riskier punt. Yeah, and you're also playing against the field. So you know that Trossard is not going to be owned by pretty much everyone. That's a risk that you take to increase your outcome variability. But of course, you hope that, you know, the die throws goes your way. Yep. The next one is actually moves with um, if Salah gets benched, of course, everything is opened up. And I think it really just depends if you have two free transfers or one free transfer. As discussed previously, if you have two free transfers, I think it's safer to actually go with Kane and then therefore find another great midfielder pick because... One of the big things this week with the forwards is really Kane and Watkins are the superior options, given that they have something to play for as well. And the midfielder picks in, in Crystal Palace, I think, are a great rock of stability. So we talked about how consistent the minutes have been for some of these key players. That's kind of a nice position to be in. Whereas with the forwards this week, one of my issues is that if you go for some of the cheaper picks like an Awaniyi and some other players, their minutes are are variable. And I, I think given that a team like Nottingham Forest, for example, has nothing to play for, you could see options like Sam Surridge coming in. So therefore, I think, look, Kane is going to be the priority option if you go away from Salah. And therefore, you can also go Salah to Saka, Isak to Kane, something like that. Because particularly if Wilson actually starts once again, you probably don't want Isak left wing which has, of course, been, I think, a, a sore point for for quite a few managers. Alternatively, if you have one free transfer, I think Salah's son is there. But actually, Saka has better EV than Sun, so I, I don't really know how you value between uh, Sun and Saka for this week. Yeah, I think that is going to be the, the conundrum if you have money in the bank and this is a luxury move. I would prefer Son if you want to take more risk. And I think Saka is kind of the safer bet because whatever is EV suggested by review... I think it's there's more of a chance that he matches or outperforms that rather than Son, who we've seen has been so inconsistent this season that you really have to be like be chasing some sort of rank tier, I think, or maybe your mini leagues, I don't know, in order for you to punt on someone like Son. Because uh, let's say Salah is benched and Holland is benched, which is we are talking about a rare scenario here, but let's say that something like that happens, you could easily do Holland and Salah to Kane and Son. And then Captain Kane. But that's like you're punting all in on on uh, Tottenham Hotspur. So 
all of that has to come into consideration when you're buying someone like son again you know underlings are decent but hasn't like had so he's had inconsistent minutes also this season to pair with what has been a very underwhelming underwhelming season from him as well uh the next scenario i think we can talk about is which we've briefly mentioned which is if you own pope and ederson and also is it worth go- going out of a goalkeeper i guess if you're going for someone like pickford it is because pickford has greater than 4 ev uh, against bournemouth so that could turn out to be a positive ev move even if you are taking a hit to do that but other than that maybe ramsdale just because of the clean sheet odds that we've seen against wolves also with the kepa thing uh, again he played both games in the double game week but you have to take a call on if you think he's going to start and then based on that you have to have your contingency plan on if scott carson or ortega plays against brentford instead of ederson so the next scenario is going to be if you have one of shaw trent or trippier out simply if you really need three defenders i think the the only picks this week reasonably are going to be between arsenal defenders and everton defenders we talked about it earlier where gabriel actually has higher ev than tierney but of course tierney has narrative force around him and ultimately i don't think people own arsenal defenders really anymore so the outcome variability isn't there where i, I would say Tierney's worth the, the the punt however you can go with someone like a tarkovsky or, or amina as well if you if you sort of back everton and the fact that they have something to play for and they actually do have slightly higher ev on review as well so probably going for tarkovsky makes the most sense i think he's the most nailed as well and he's actually cheaper than amina um once again so that's that's one thing to think about and that's even more of something to think about when you're thinking about if you need to take a hit for a defender because a lot of us do own players like bueno zinchenko even if shaw trent and trippier which all, all three conceivably could actually be benched and rotated because shaw with the injury and then trent and trippier with unique situations like milner and then also trippier having a completely dead rubber game also playing on what seems to be uh an injury but but a very light one you could be thinking about multiple hits right so I think once again, it's the EV only really supports going for these Arsenal and Everton defenders. I probably wouldn't double up on Everton. And I think I would find myself in a situation where I would go for an Arsenal and an Everton defender, but probably not doubling up on either, as I said. So I don't know how you feel about that. If you had no defenders this week and in, in, in some crazy scenario there, would you actually try to stretch towards three defenders or would you just play with 10 men? No, I completely agree with you, especially if you want to kind of stabilize your rank. I would definitely not uh, double up or triple up on Everton defense for someone like me who is trying to get to the highest OR possible or within the realms of reality. I think it makes sense to kind of punt like I did last week with finance captain. But again, it's a very team specific scenario and also your biases come into the picture in game week 38 because if you build up enough narratives and you kind of believe in them that will take you along a certain path on review as well because for one week there is more of a chance that you can outperform reviews uh, suggested moves so if there is a time where you can bet against review i think it's game week 38 that kind of concludes all the possible sets of moves that we had to discuss and we tried to make this a different sort of podcast for this very reason that we could talk through all possible scenarios and hopefully this is of some value addition to you other than you know the normal discussions that take place uh, during a regular FPL week. Uh, moving on to the final segment which is obviously captaincy. Uh, I'll go on with the review picks first and you can follow up with the talk vamp picks. So for review right now with the current X minutes default X minutes it and you know th- this rider has to be said out very loud 
especially for this week with the current default x minutes it's sala first saka second and rashford third again it all depends on which players start which players don't if sala starts i'll probably captain sala if he doesn't i'll probably captain kane what what do the uh, top five uh, predictions say yeah so it's actually sala holland and rashford maybe one thing that we could talk about given that sala and rashford are homogenous it would be would you actually captain holland if you got news that he started yeah for me i think that is pretty much out of the question which begs the question why would i even keep him because if i want to bet against him why not bet against fully yeah. 200% holland rather than just 100% holland yeah. right yeah i think that makes sense in your position but i think i would actually be quite tempted to just play holland as my captain um and spasaka i think just looking at review i do think that this could be a week where he could have quite low minutes cuz I, I am maybe yeah. fully bought into the Reese Nelson is going to play maybe 10 to 15 minutes of football narrative. And ultimately, this is a completely dead rubber game for Arsenal. So even though Saka has a new contract, I don't see why it matters because he's going to spend the rest of his new contract playing for Arsenal, whereas Reese Nelson is not. Um, but yeah. No, and also, um, I would rather believe in the Reese Nelson plays minutes narrative rather than Saka scores a goal just because he got a new contract narrative. I don't know what you think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I think that kind of concludes uh, this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it and have a good one.